0: That was odd. It didn't even give me the ringing warble.
1: I had the ringing warble. It's, there we go. Finally got you on the window. I want you on. Right, and let's have that on that window.
0: I'm very low in the frame today because I've wound up the table so that the microphone's somewhat closer to my head. I mean, it's alright. With my camera perspective, all you get is a you know, video of my forehead. The receding tide line of the battle with middle age. No, I was born with a receded, <laughs> receded hairline. Yeah, I was going it's to not
1: say, receding. you not receding at all, actually. I am. Just... Just losing density in there. Actually, not receding at all, just, yeah,
0: thinner and thinner. Still, still looking alright on the uh, classic male pattern baldness at the back, so I should be alright. Neither of my grandparents were bald, and Dad's still got a fairly good head of hair, even if it's getting very grey now.
1: Oh Well, my Dad was pretty much bald by 35, but then he did have kids in his 20s, so... <laughs> That'll age you.
0: It's ironic that the one of the three of us without children is the most tardy. <laughs> At this rate, you won't even make it here before the
1: credits.
2: (laughs) There he is. Oi, oi, several
0: You don't sound particularly normal. So you sound quite distant and tinny, but that's probably because your Mac refuses to use the right microphone. Yeah, your Facebook voice is definitely coming through the headset, though.
1: There was definitely some finger noise there.
2: Everyone loves a little bit of finger noise, Nathan.
1: That was my nickname in high school. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't. I can't remember what it was. But let's not revisit the dark days of the 90s, except in YouTube mashup
0: form.
2: (laughs) YouTube only remembers the very best of the 90s.
0: I mean, you think YouTube remembers a lot more than that. It seems to (laughs) remember really weird versions of Peppa Pig and Spider-Man having six with M16s for arms because of fucking algorithms. (laughs) YouTube is a strange, strange place.
2: But we still love it.
0: Tolerate it.
2: <laughs> Where else would we get our cat videos from?
0: The only realistic answer to that is Pornhub.
2: <laughs> what for cat videos?
0: It's the only other video hosting website with the capital and infrastructure to compete with YouTube.
2: So should YouTube fall <laughs> Look to Pornhub for all your cat video
0: needs? Pornhub it is. Just be very careful with your search terms. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of a segue. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a massive tonal shift from us talking about receding hairlines or not to Dan turning up and then we end up talking about Pornhub. <laughs>
2: wasn't even me that brought it up.
0: Well, no. I still blame you, though. Did we watch a film recently?
2: I watched several films recently, so this is going to be fun.
0: Not recently enough. I know it doesn't fit in with broadcast order, but since I watched the film we're about to talk about, I have since watched Endgame. So I'm very confused.
2: Since we last recorded it, I've watched all the other movies in the MCU to catch up in time for Endgame. Nathan's the only one that's on track, so Nathan can guide us through.
1: I'm on track except that I watched it like three weeks ago and then I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine since then. Nine-Nine! <laughs> <laughs> I've had the unfortunate circumstance of catching up with broadcast, no. which means I can no longer watch four of them a week. Also, I'd like to say it is clear which of us does not have a child as is. As in, it's the person who just admitted to watching 120 hours of cinema in three weeks. <laughs>
0: This week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan, and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd.
1: Did you know that the Tesseract can make
0: wormholes? Is that a thing we knew? Wait,
2: let him do his intro. Oh yeah, sorry, do your intro. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 6 of Remedial Nerding. This week it is The Avengers, or as we all know it, Avengers Colon. Well, no, not Colon. As we all know it, Avengers Assemble, because of the
2: 1960s. (laughs) I, I think The Avengers Assemble should have been its actual title.
0: It makes much more sense. I was going to say it's because of Judge John Steed, but I think I'm confusing the 1960s The Avengers series and Judge John Hodgman from... Podcasting.
1: Yeah, I'm fairly sure he was not a judge.
0: No, he wasn't. He was... A-
1: the the dude, dude with the bowler hat on ITV reruns in the early 90s. Yeah. I'm far too young. Aren't you the Generation X person on this call? <laughs> Barely. A person who has actually seen a film with Jean-Claude Van Damme in it when it was not an ironic joke at his own expense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally, like, six months
2: older.
0: A critical six months, though. <laughs> In in Dan's defense, the the cutoff is generally about 1980. Yeah, but well, I think he's made too many fucking millennials jokes to be considered a member.
2: I'm happy to shift that line.
0: Anyway, we're not here to talk about millennials. We're here to talk about the Avengers. <laughs>
2: Besides, it's, it's not my millennials that are the problem. It's the new millennials. It's the post Y2K children that are the problem.
0: Come on, children! Can we focus?
1: <laughs> Sorry. I mean, this film was from 2012.
2: Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. That seems such a long time ago now. Doesn't it? But it holds up really well. That makes, it sound, it makes me sound really old.
0: <laughs> you are really old.
2: <laughs> Bang!
0: You're the only one that's over halfway to 70.
2: Oh, that's true.
0: I mean, I'm not sure if that's true or not. I'd have to work out how many years of.
1: No, I think that's not true.
0: <laughs> have you had your birthday yet this year? Yes. Oh, okay, then you're both halfway to 70
2: whippersnapper! Get on with the show!
0: Right, if I scroll down to the bit that says plot, maybe we'll start working out what to talk about, and I also won't see the poster that says The Avengers and start calling it Avengers Assemble again. Hmm. So the
1: Tesseract can make a wormhole, Loki's there, he's making a deal with some dudes who are not ice giants? Question mark? No,
0: some completely different.
2: The, the Chitari.
1: The Daleks, got it.
2: The, with like seven fingers on one hand, which apparently sets them apart from other species and they can apparently breathe in space.
1: They can hang out on ominous rocks anyway. Also he has got a new hat which has got giant horns on it because we're just being completely unsubtle about the he's actually the Christian devil now. Did <laughs> he have the horn
2: hat in the last one? Probably. But the horns are bigger now.
0: He's also now got a spear that allows him to cast control human. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, was that was that in the previous film? Was that Gungnir, or was that just generally an, an artifact of some kind?
0: Now he's been given it by Thanos to you know, to aid in his conquest of earth which is his ultimate goal in this. I mean you say that Thanos does not appear in this film unless you count post credit scene. As at the post credit oh, well this is a trouble because it's so long ago since I watched it and you kind of
2: Yeah, his Thanos is alluded to but he's never spoken of by name. He's just like first was the patron and shit like that.
0: Ah, just implied.
2: I have had a thought now that it doesn't add up. If he already had one of the Infinity Stones, why would he give up the Infinity Stone to Loki? Why not just... that? That Now, baking my biscuit, why is he giving up Infinity Stones all of a sudden?
1: Because the overarching plot hasn't been actually written yet, and they're going to <laughs> retrofit it in in a couple of films' time. Did you know that little kid was Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, saying this as the person who has absolutely no idea what's coming, other than what I've managed to glean from GIFs,
2: which is the best way to get all your movie news,
1: or as you might alternatively say, have managed to gene from gifs. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, there's two in this film that I recognised. What gifs? That's my secret cap, and I got that. Ref- I understood that reference. <laughs> Dog <Don't> gif. <laughs> Although, hang on a moment. Hang on a moment. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz was from 1939, so Steve does in fact get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is referred to as a flying monkey I th- I thought The Wizard of Oz was from After World War 2 because it's in colour But then I guess the original story Is like a satire of William Jennings Bryan Or something so I don't know Maybe there were flying monkeys in the book
2: The Wizard of Oz really isn't a very long book
1: Well no that's it a two hour film typically Is like 50 pages or something Ridiculous
2: Or you know in the case of A Hobbit it's a six hour long epic
1: Well That is not a good example <laughs> Because the Hobbit films have
0: terminal Hollywood poisoning.
2: <laughs> terminal Hollywood-itis.
0: One of the things I found amusing, Nathan, was just saying, hang on, did did he just tip the black man when uh, Cap hands 10 bucks to Nick Fury? At which point I went back and looked again. I was like, oh no, that's because when Nick went to recruit him for the Avengers, he said, bet you 10 bucks you surprised.
1: Yeah, I at that point I had been watching the film, and like, there was my like, the sixth attempt at watching the film, and I had slightly forgotten who already knew who. So all I saw was a dude born in 1926 walk into a big impressive room and hand the black guy standing by the door some money. (laughs) I mean, yes, the black guy is the director of the flying aircraft carrier. But nonetheless, I had a moment of, did they just make an exceptionally bold joke at Steve's expense here? (laughs) I mean, I guess that we have to assume that some people were rejected from the super soldier program for being too stereotypically racist for their time.
2: I think that was under the do not be a douchebag category of the uh, tick
1: box exercise
0: So as much as I love this film, there are some things about it that annoy me
1: No Is it that the flying, well one, (laughs) is it the flying aircraft carrier? Two, is it that the flying aircraft carrier does not dispense tiny boats
0: onto the sea? (laughs) Now the flying aircraft carrier is fine because it's so ridiculous that you can take that with Hollywood, that's fine. But they never, they never state where it takes off from, it's just it's alluded to that it's America somewhere. It gets airborne, then they work out where Loki is quite quickly afterwards because he's doing a heist to get Iridium. They jump on the Quinjet and fly to Stuttgart, you know, 3,000 miles away, where Loki is still busy in his heist to get the Iridium. So, Loki, real-time time, what, 15, 20 minutes? And the Quinjet gets there in, we're supposed to believe, that amount of time? So it's, what, 8, 9, 10 times faster than Concorde was? Flying at Mach 15? Yeah, but isn't... Oh, sorry, it's flying at the speed of plot.
1: <laughs> well, also, wasn't that whole thing in Stuttgart meant to attract their attention? So maybe Loki was just deliberately
0: being super slow about everything.
2: It <laughs> just took three days
1: to
0: do it. What you're saying? He started his monologue in the courtyard at you know 6 p.m. just after sunset, and by the time the Avengers got there, it was 6 a.m. just before sunrise. He'd actually been there all night.
1: Could have been. Could have delivered a long stirring speech. Well, I suppose it wouldn't have been stirring so much as dispiriting. <laughs> hey, did you know the mythological Loki is absolutely the last person who would be a global tyrant? It's only inspired by the mythology, it's not a direct copy of it. I mean, the person who is most inspired by the actual mythological Loki is Deadpool, and I'm going to stick with that, even though I haven't seen any of the Deadpool (laughs) films. (laughs) I'd agree with that. Because he's he's genre-aware, uniquely among the mythological figures of the Norse pantheon.
2: What? He knows he's a god?
1: He knows he's in the story.
2: And now I just need to go and read some Norse fiction just to find the sections of Loki breaking the fourth wall.
1: It's possible that my understanding of Loki is slightly influenced by his existence in d and d where he's the chaotic neutral god
2: in mythology didn't Loki end up like tied to a rock and ravens picked at his liver and then it healed up and then they came back the next day.
1: that's Prometheus, but good comparison, <laughs> yeah, that's Prometheus. The big difference between Greek mythology and Norse mythology being that in Norse mythology the gods are the gods are kind of um, immeasurably powerful older aunts and uncles, whereas in Greek mythology they were all mad kings.
2: <laughs> so we have the, the Quinjet fallacy that's annoyed Paul. Yeah, I mean, could they have gone spaceward and dropped down real fast?
0: I don't know. And a ballistic launch in something that's designed to hover. I mean, theoretically, if your thing's made out of unobtainium and powered by, you know, zero-point energy... And other MacGuffins. Well, I mean,
1: you could fly from Germany to New York in the in a ship in a, in a aircraft made out of riveted steel in a, less than an hour. 60 years ago in this universe, maybe the <laughs> Earth is only like a thousand miles diameter. <laughs> Not to bring too many spoilers in, but we do know that Quinjets Jets can
2: go into space.
0: Only after they've been no, that's far too much of a spoiler.
2: <laughs> they are, they are fully sealed and atmospherically contained.
1: I mean, this franchise has already had at least two and possibly three means of travelling faster than the speed of light, so I'm not going to be
0: too concerned about transit times across the North Atlantic. I mean, it's an annoyance. It's not a, it's not a deal-breaking. Because the other thing is when they decide to shoot at the Hulk with the F-35, which is hovering, therefore is a B-model, using an internal cannon, which the B-model is not fitted with.
2: Maybe it's specially modified. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's just because it looks cool, but you know, for an aviation nerd like me, it's just annoying.
2: So what we're saying is the, the one thing that, apart from everything else that you've accepted from the previous Marvel movies, is that for this Marvel movie, the boat can fly. Everything else I'm going to have difficulty with.
1: Well, yeah, this is a classic thing, isn't it? Dinosaurs are around, that's okay. And I kicked one through a window with my gymnastics routine. That's not okay.
2: <laughs> I can accept Dinosaurs that that guy's a world renowned gymnast I'm not buying
0: She was a girl <laughs> Dan doesn't she, remember
1: that film because it's after his time
2: <laughs> The sad thing is I have absolutely no idea what reference that is
1: Jurassic Park 3 The yes. dinosaur running
2: Yep <laughs> I, I believe the gift for that one is Don't go into the long grass
0: Correct so what what we're recording now? We're up to twenty three minutes, of which I think we spent three talking about this film. Most of which has been about heli, the, what's it called, Helicarrier.
2: <laughs> Speaking of women doing gymnastics routines and kicking the ass of dinosaurs, I'm really curious to know Black Widow's entrance.
0: <laughs> yep, okay, Black Widow's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's like a mashup of different scenes from True Lies, because <laughs> she's, yeah. she's wearing the little black dress from Jamie Lee Curtis and kicking people in the face like Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: I mean, it's it an absolutely epic scene to bring back Black
1: Widow back with. Remind me. Oh, is this the interrogation?
2: Yeah, she's tied to the chair and they get the phone call and she starts with, what are you doing? This fool's giving me everything.
1: Oh yeah, that, her,
0: you know I'm working. Her uh,
1: espionage method is to get captured and then take mental notes while the villain does his evil monologue. <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> yeah, kick everyone to pieces with the chair strapped to her back.
2: Yep.
0: and
1: walk away with high heels in
0: hand. Oh, makes more sense than putting them on.
2: As she's tasked to go and uh, recruit the big guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's not an enviable
1: task. Black Widow is a really um, fun and interesting character in this film. I should note at this point, the film does not pass the Bechdel test because she's never in a lift with Pepper Potts, who's the only other female character that gets a name as far as I'm no, aware. No,
2: Agent Hill. Uh, yeah,
1: Agent Hill does. I don't know who Agent Hill is, so. Kobe Smolder. I don't know who Kobe Smolder is either.
2: She, she's the dark haired woman that's flying the heavy carrier.
1: Oh, she's like number two on the heli character. Yeah, yeah. Nick Nick's right hand woman. I yeah, I remember that character. I didn't know she had a name. But yeah, she still never has a conversation with her. But yeah, she has to go and recruit someone from a film that we haven't watched. Yeah, because
0: yeah. But all you need to know is he is the Incredible Hulk, and he once broke Harlem,
1: <laughs> and he went into hiding.
0: Yeah, I have never seen that film, and I I you know I get on with my life strangely well, having not seen it.
2: I, th- I think the, the, the Incredible Hulk is meant to be the better of the two. The two what? The two films with... The two Hulk movies. Are they both technically part of the MCU? I think so, because I think The Incredible Hulk is a sequel, even though they switched in Ed Norton as uh, Bruce Banner.
1: Are any of these Ang Lee's films? Quite possibly. Okay, so The Incredible Hulk starring Ed Norton, written by Zach Penn and produced by Kevin Feige, so it seems very much a... MCU
0: film, from what I can tell. So looking at the list, it was The Incredible Hulk is the only one. The other Hulk films not in the list. How long do we have
1: just Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner before
0: we see the Hulk? It's quite a long time, as I recall. Probably about halfway through the film, because it's when Barton comes to uh, mess up the helicarrier. Yeah. Oh yeah, Barton or... Yeah, do we ever
1: find out his first name?
0: Clint. Clint, is that it? (laughs)
1: I kind of enjoy the fact that they all have ridiculously mundane names. (laughs) What's the Lich's name, Trevor? Out of the Clint, Steve and Tony It is Clint who gets zombified by the Space Wand I was just trying to remember where it came from (laughs) The the,
0: the Staff of Destiny Could be The Spear or the Scepter, depending on what you want to call it
2: Dr Selvig also gets
0: uh, tapped up As Loki
2: steals the Tesseract
0: Indeed, yeah He does, which is why he then needs Iridium Which then brings up the, the Stuttgart caper I was trying really, really quickly to think of something a bit like Caper that began with an S for alliteration, but I couldn't. Shenanigans? Yeah, possibly. The Stuttgart shenanigans. My brain don't work that fast.
2: <laughs> so, into Stuttgart, Cap jumps out of a plane. They try and hold Loki hostage with the plane. That doesn't work. Iron Man
0: turns Jumping up. around in time a bit here. Oh, then, yeah, then there's a bit of a storm and Loki starts to look uncomfortable. It's like, it's not the lightning, it's what comes after, at which point Thor arrives.
1: Loki has a good um, villain. I've already complained about it because it's out of keeping with my understanding of what chaotic neutral is. But he has a good villain speech, basically doing his kneel before Zod bit.
2: (laughs) You'll be happier when you're being controlled. Freedom is a lie.
1: Score one for extremely obvious symbolism of putting the resistance movement in Germany. (laughs) <laughs> Do we know the name of Tiananmen Square Guy, except he's in Stuttgart?
2: Uh, I don't
1: think so. I'm wondering who that in Was it Stuttgart? I'll, that'll go into my Google scene. Google search.
2: <laughs>
1: he is credited as German Old Man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> An accurate description of the part he played.
1: Portrayed by Kenneth Tiger, who I've never heard of before. Yeah, score two for extremely unsubtle symbolism.
0: Um, The resistance, just as it's about to be crushed, is saved by Captain America. (laughs) I mean, Loki losing that fight as easily as he does is like how easily they escape from the Death Star on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. They wanted to be captured.
2: At least that is called out when they're back on the Quinjet.
0: Yeah, they know it's not right. And that takes us to the bit where Iron Man and then Thor arrive. Which actually then brings us to probably my favourite fight scene of the film.
2: The one that starts with, Does Mother knoweth you weareth her drapes?
0: (laughs) Does Mother know thou wearest her drapes? (laughs) The greatest smack talk ever written. I mean, I love it when Thor tries to electrify Tony and it just superpowers his armour.
2: Yeah, my question is, where does it store it? Is Tony's suit actually filled with empty batteries? Just in case.
0: It's just a giant capacitor. <laughs> but why,
2: Basil? Why? Why is that battery not full to begin with?
0: Then we have another what the fuck vibranium as uh, Thor comes to lay the smack down right on top of the hammer and then causes like a Tunguska level tree flattening episode. As is usual for a big action scene, I've tuned out and started reading IMDb instead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kenneth Tiger was in The Man in the High Castle for two years portraying Heinrich Himmler. <laughs>
2: Fair enough.
1: I'll close that now. I've forgotten, I've entirely forgotten about that fight. <laughs> Tony does have a, a very much a, a puncturing people's self-importance, which there's plenty of to go around with, both Thor and Nick Fury available. It's a bit like shooting
0: fish in a barrel, really.
2: Like how, when he first meets Banner and he compliments his scientific achievements and follows that up with, and I'm a huge fan of how you turn into an enormous green rage monster. <laughs> And then literally proceeds to poke him with an electrode whilst they're working.
1: I'm a big fan of both the Bruce Banner character and also Mark Ruffalo's portrayal of him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both of those things as well.
2: He doesn't love Ruffalo as Banner. I don't think there's a bad casting choice at all in the MCU.
1: But it could have been Tom Cruise, <laughs> <And> Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and Denzel Washington. <laughs> And Jeff Goldblum. Let's continue referring to things that happened off-microphone off, camera, off microphone before the episode.
0: <laughs> I did quite like when Natasha went to confront Loki in the little pod of Hulk containing, and he's telling her all the horrible things that Barton's going to do, and then accidentally ends up giving the game away, at which point she's like, ah, okay. Cheers. And
1: leaves him to it. Yeah, it was fun that they've already established that she can provoke an evil monologue if she has to.
2: Yeah, and that monologue is quite the monologue. Throwing in a uh, a quim into the mix is always the sign of a good evil genius.
0: Uh, Tom Hiddleston is extremely good as Loki. Crikey, Mark Ruffalo's been about.
2: Yeah, thirteen going on thirty. He was <laughs> great in that film.
1: So, like the year before to the year after, it was in Margaret the Avengers. Thanks for sharing Iron Man three. Now you see me
0: begin again and infinitely Polar Bear. Never heard of that. One thing that's quite interesting is if you look at the amount that the cast got paid.
1: Oh yeah, wasn't it wildly disproportionate?
0: Well, most of the principal cast got between two and three million dollars. Samuel L. Jackson got between three and four, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. got fifty million (laughs) dollars.
1: Now, is that because he just had a much smarter agent and said, "Like, "I I want a percentage," or? Probably. Or is that because he takes up, like, 25% of the poster?
2: I mean, it is an Iron Man film. All of these films are essentially Iron Man films.
1: Although, as normal, he's the biggest character, so he's in the middle of the poster, and his name is on the far left. Because, God forbid, they should ever line up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get one of those um ex pens and just start drawing little arrows from the names to the faces.
2: So... We got Black Widow eliciting an evil monologue, working out what the plan is, the glow stick of destiny playing havoc with everyone's minds as mind controlled Hawkeye sabotages the heli carrier. Initiate rescue mission to keep it flying. The Hulk goes berserk and I'm missing something. Oh yeah. Agent Colson gets killed. Motherfucking Phil Colson dies. Which is like the bottom point of the movie.
0: Well, yeah, he gets stabbed by Loki, who then comes over to gloat because evil, at which point Phil shoots him with the massive destroyer cannon thing and fires him out the side of the carrier.
2: But he does have, like, the best post-weapon firing line. Yeah. That's what it does.
1: But those are also his last words. Uh, he does He does speak to Fury. His last words are to not quite manage to say the title of the film.
2: Tells him that they needed it. because I think Fury essentially steals Colson's death speech, doesn't he, when he's talking to him around the table. Yeah,
0: stills the death speech, his Captain America baseball card, and some ketchup.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's ketchup. I reckon he just smeared some of Phil's blood on it for authenticity.
0: Yeah, I reckon it was human ketchup. I mean, not to get too
1: dark, but Steve probably does know what blood-stained personal effects of a soldier would look like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow! With the Avengers scattered, Loki takes up residence in Stark Tower and opens the giant space sphincter. So that all the gribies through to attack
0: Manhattan. Oh, that's one bit we missed. Tony's like introduction is him pulling the plug on Stark Tower because the arc reactor powers it all and it's off the grid.
2: Yeah, but he does it from like the middle of the fucking river. Why was he not just like down by the fuse box beside the building? So <laughs> just cutting off all <laughs> of Manhattan from the power grid.
1: That's how it would have been different had it been made by a Wright or possibly any other British director, is that rather than being Underwater with a welding torch, he would have been in the utility room where all the semi-abandoned bikes are. <laughs> using the, the light on his phone to find the fuse box. Yeah, and then we have the climactic 90 minutes, or at least roughly felt like it, Nine Eleven homage. homage.
0: Oh, yeah, pretty much. The, the running battle throughout New York where they just smash the shit out of everything. Or where the tallest building in New York is destroyed from above, and big clouds
1: of dust go down the street. Yeah. Also the possibly defensive fascism scene. I don't remember it exactly because it's been a week or two, but as I recall, um, some local policeman is going, geez, this looks bad. Captain America jumps onto a taxi roof and says, here are some instructions for you from me, an unelected power figure. He responds, why should I obey you? And Captain America says, "Um, because of my martial prowess, it's the root of political power. (laughs)
2: I mean, I don't think he says it in so many words as to beat the living fuck out of two giant aliens that tried to jump and kill him. But yeah, essentially.
1: And then the local policeman goes, yes, you're correct, I'll follow your instructions now. <laughs> you seem
2: to actually know what's going on, and you have a star, so sure, I'll, I'll take credit for it later. I'm sure you'll be dead.
1: Oh yeah, by this point, Clint is back on Team Good because he's been kicked in the head.
2: Yeah, <laughs> cognitive recalibration, courtesy of Clag uh, Rider.
1: They have not yet succeeded in kicking an old Swedish man in the head. So Selvig is still (laughs) on top of the World Trade Centre fiddling around with the portal gun or whatever it is. I guess it's a portal flare gun. (laughs) Portal fountain, let's call it that. But the portal fountain.
2: I I like it. We get Nathan's gift number two in this scene as Banner turns up partway through the fight. And uh, Tony tells him to suit up and someone tells him to get angry.
0: That's my trick. I'm always
1: angry. That's my secret. Come on, even I know yeah. that. <laughs> ah. Which is
2: preceded by one of my other favourite lines of party, that's not a party. As Tony says, he's bringing the party to them and is leading the giant flying snake crocodile thing towards them.
1: Oh, I had it in my notes as aerial whale. And- but yeah,
0: maybe it is a bit more sealer camp like or something, I don't know. My favourite line from that whole scene is just a bit later on where they all kind of regroup and uh, Steve just turns to the Hulk and just goes, Hulk, smash!
1: Smash! <laughs> There's also a lot of, um, leading up to this, a lot of reference to a history between Hawkeye and Black Widow, which I enjoy because those are the two people on the team who are just like, what's your superpower? Oh, I, I practised really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it Gamma Rays? Is it the fact that you're a literal deity? No, just... Just, just practice. Just went to the gym every weekend and...
2: <laughs> I would really like to see a Black Widow and a Hawkeye movie that is set in Budapest, so that we can find out what happened in Budapest...
0: Yes, definitely. But they are what Joanne refers to as the normies.
2: It's so we can relate.
1: I mean, there is no reason that neither of them could not have an Iron Man suit as well. <laughs> Except Tony's stingy. Yeah. It's very grumpy that Rhodey's got one. He doesn't want anyone else to have yeah, one. Yeah, one of Tony's superpowers is possessiveness. <laughs> but then they've they've kind of fixed that by making him also a genius. Much as they did with the animated Batman when they realised that the core problem is that is just a psychopathic billionaire, and you need more than that to make him actually enjoyable long-term.
2: He needs, like, a a decade-long redemption arc. That's what he needs. So, where did we get... Hulks arrived, kicking the shit out of everything. Work out how to shut the thing,
0: because Black Widow kicks Selvik in the head. Thor turns the Empire State Building into a Tesla coil. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a scene where they say, oh, yeah, all we need to turn off the portal fountain is the... Hitachi Wand of Destiny that's down there. Except, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> wouldn't you know it? The we who know that are two of the three people on this whole team who can't fly or leap up a building. which point they
2: fling Black Widow up into the air to catch a ride on the Skywagons off of Cap Shield. Catch a ride!
1: I mean, there was definitely some parts here where I I don't know if it was because I was watching it on a small phone or if the effects didn't look that great but it definitely had a kind of green screen in a soundstage feel to it. <laughs> Maybe it just went slightly beyond the realm of possibility because the background was still quite in focus, but just shaking around. Yeah, actually, you know what it reminded me of? is all of the times that the Enterprise was hit by something and everyone fell out of their
0: chairs. <laughs> is it about this point in the timeline where Tony lands on the top of Stark Towers, takes his armour off, grabs this, like special homing watch, and then gets thrown back off the tower before he can do anything and has to get the, the torpedo of the Mark Seven armour to come and rescue him mid-fall.
2: Yeah, when he's talking about them being the Avengers and says the line, we have a Hulk and then Moki tries to tap him in the chest and steal his heart with the Wand of Destiny only for it to find the arc reactor and do nothing.
1: Oh yeah, because he... Yeah, previously mind control people by touching them in the the chest breastbone, I guess. And I guess, yeah, magically affecting their hearts. Except, of course, when he does it to
0: Tony, it's going to go clink. And then Tony questions his sexual prowess.
1: (laughs) Did you
2: see that there is actually uh, a theory as to why it doesn't work?
1: I mean, I'm sure there is, but...
2: um... Apparently it's because the arc reactor is based on like the Tesseract and its energy, and the Infinity Stones can't interact with each other.
0: That can't be right, though, because Tony made the arc reactor in a cave in Afghanistan having never even heard of the Tesseract. No, but
2: Howard Stark found the Tesseract and used it in his designs for the original arc reactor, and that's how they
0: get the link. Yeah, but but unless creating an arc reactor creates a Tesseract, he's not doing what um, Red Skull and those guys did where they siphoned off the power of it.
2: All I can tell you is what I read.
0: I'm calling bullshit.
2: <laughs> I think it's a bit of backpedalling as everyone goes, why didn't that work? Rather than just saying, because he's touching a bit of glass and metal in Tony's chest.
0: That That's fine. That's more than enough explanation.
2: I'm surprised that it wasn't as the uh, Tony's armour was assembling itself on his plummeting body. And then igniting his engines right above the heads of those innocent people that were staring up at him. That, that didn't trigger one of your the
0: many uh, well, iratities. I don't know. I don't really do helicopters. But <laughs> if you try and change that much momentum, the amount of downwash it's going to be produced is going to fire someone off at several miles an hour and they're going to lose a lot of skin on the tarmac. So, yes, that is ridiculous. But again, because an Iron Man suit is not real... <laughs> We've already—it's uh, you know—we've
2: already accepted the premise of the Iron Man suit previously, so we can just carry on accepting it.
0: Exactly, it's at least in in universe consistent. My question is:
1: At what point in the production process did someone standing at a whiteboard say, "Is there any way we can get Tony to have to fall off something without his Iron Man suit on?" <laughs> and I mean, I would not be surprised if it turned out the answer was a comic book from
2: 1971. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we get. Is it Thor and Loki having a family squabble on the roof first? Or is it Hulk smashing the puny god first?
1: No, I think that's the end, isn't it? Because that's isn't that what eventually persuades Loki to just lie down and have a bit of a breather? And he gets very comically swung around by the ankles. <laughs> Slammed into the floor repeatedly. Because, yeah, you then get Hulk's only spoken lines as the Hulk, which is, yeah, puny god and wanders off. Which I feel like it would be unsatisfying if he did that and Loki just then got up and went to go and have a punch-up with Thor instead. I think you might be right. I did enjoy the comedy moment of having the two super... well, they're all super... having the two literal deities punch each other because then they're back on the level playing field again.
2: Loki manages to knife Thor in the side and it hurts for a second and then it's absolutely fine for the rest of the film. So, mind control stick in Avengers Possession, Selvig, clear-headed gonna save the day and since it's set in America
1: we need a nuke yeah there's, while they've while they're working on turning off the uh, monster tap which is in the sky above Stark Tower uh, the World Security Council, I think i heard them be referred to at some point, Nick Fury's boss bosses, which comp- is composed of, what, four? The Claws, if that was their name
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think the most economical solution
0: here is to close the beachhead by detonating a nuclear weapon in New York. What's what's 50 million people to the... Uh, the? Uh, well, I suppose New York's probably not 50 million, probably about 20 million people, to losing the whole world.
2: That's it. it. It's a bit of Mr. Spock math, isn't it? Needs of the many and all that.
1: It's a different um, type of scene if the few in question are not the ones doing the deciding.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, yes, that is logically equivalent, but still... The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the... or not quite as many. (laughs) Doesn't quite have the same ring. However, Tony has definitely watched his Star Trek, which is why he then goes and intercepts the missile and drags it up through the portal, the sucking, gaping wound into space. At which point his suit runs out of armour and then then gravity turns back on for him and he falls back.
2: I I, I presume that it was just conservation of momentum as he pushed away from the... uh
0: nuke. Well, that's all relative though, because if he was moving at a thousand know, miles an hour and he pushed the nuke away from him at ten miles an hour he'd still be doing 990 miles an hour away from Earth. But,
2: but then he's behind the the big ball of fire behind
0: the nuke, and that pushes him back. Yes, but only by ablating him to oblivion, that's how <laughs> nuclear weapons work. You know, you've got a million degree fireball to the face. Maybe
1: the portal is just creating a little torch of normal Earth surface gravity across a random bit of space.
2: <laughs> Maybe it was plot gravity.
1: Meanwhile, back in New York, Captain America just says, "Oh, it doesn't look like he's coming back. Close the blast doors." But we haven't
2: heard from him in the last thirty seconds. He's definitely dead, Jim.
0: He's dead to me.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's somehow stated that they all understand that if you go through, you can't possibly come back, which is undermined slightly by the fact that he does and didn't even wasn't even trying. <laughs>
2: And the fact that all the aliens were crossing through this threshold seemingly unharmed.
0: Well, I mean, thank God the aliens are a hive mind. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're all on cloud backup, there's no local control. It's ba- I mean, it, this this bit actually is basically the end of Independence Day. Nuke the mothership. Yep. And you take out all the drones. Oh, see, I was going to say it's
1: like the end of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, that too.
2: It's almost as if it's a sci-fi
1: trope. I was about to say the War of the Worlds, but that was completely different. That was the common cold, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, at least Tony didn't say, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. (laughs) Fuck off, you little
2: prick. He might not have said it, but he did it on the way down. And just when you think it's all over and Tony Stark is going to meet his grizzly end in a metal pancake on the floor, he's rescued by the Hulk.
0: Again, momentum doesn't really work that way. (laughs) But the Hulk obviously does, so that's fine.
2: I think that must have hurt. Both the Hulk and Tony, right? I mean,
0: well, I'm pretty sure you can't hurt the Hulk.
2: Didn't he say it all hurts a really, really lot? It just doesn't do any physical damage.
0: I don't know.
1: I think we might be confusing him with Wolverine here because it does appear to have healing factors. did he
2: describe it as he's he feels everything? It's just like being a raw, exposed nerve.
0: Possibly. I can't remember. It's been too long. This is the problem of not recording in the week that we actually watched the films. Plot details. Fade into the background.
2: So right, someone will correct us.
0: Well, I mean, the, it, we're in season six and no one ever has, so...
1: Someone correct us, please. And the very end of the film is the only part of it I'd ever seen in non-GIF format, which is the Avengers, as we're now going to call them, sitting around a table in a takeaway somewhere in New York City.
0: Oh, eating shawarma. <laughs> I hadn't spotted it before, but Tony lands next to the shawarma restaurant at some point in the fight, which is how he knows it's there. <laughs> I always thought it was completely random, and no, actually. He yeah, that, yeah, had a little game of fisticuffs outside one. I mean, he also lives in that neighbourhood, doesn't he? Like, aren't we literally down the street from his house? Yeah. I think that's a relative term when it, you're talking about, you know, Manhattan.
2: <laughs> and you live in the middle of the island.
0: On, like, the hundredth floor. Sure, for anyone who's wondering, is Don a kebab? I was going to say, it didn't look like anything particularly special to me. It's like, oh, they've gone to a kebab shop. Great. <laughs> Why not? I think they need significantly more alcohol before they eat that. Doner
1: kebab is Turkish and shawarma is Arabic, but otherwise they're the same thing, basically. Ah.
2: It's an important difference. So before we get to that post-credit treat, we do close out the film with the Avengers going their separate ways and being given time off. Loki goes back with Thor and the Tesseract.
0: Whilst muzzled. <laughs>
2: Whilst muzzled. Tony and Bruce get in a car and go off to do motherfucking science bitches.
1: It is one of the slightly contrived parts of this film that they say uh, the re- the whole reason Hulk is there, despite the fact that no one wants him to be around for most of the film, on account of their fear that he might um, destroy the heli heli carrier through hulkingness, is because why well, you need the world's number one expert on gamma radiation. Only the number one will do.
2: <laughs> Don't want no number twos here,
1: Nathan. Come on. Not on the heli carrier. No. It's like when the train's in the station.
2: I'm assuming that Barton and Romanov go back to secret agent business.
1: I like the idea that they just don't get time off. Yeah, <laughs> they're just straight
2: back to work.
1: Yeah, sorry, I had to fill in the paperwork two weeks in advance, otherwise we can't cover the shifts, you know.
2: <laughs> and uh, um, who's that? Just leaves then Cap, doesn't it? He gets on his motorbike and just rides away. Nick Fury ends up having to explain to his bosses why he let all these dangerous criminals go. Because
0: that's not something that's going to come back to haunt us. <laughs> there is the the other post-credits, or
1: possibly mid-credits scene, where Thanos turns up for the first time in the film to deliver no lines.
2: Yeah, he just looks over his shoulder and smiles.
1: Yeah, because they've got one of the aliens going, oh, it turns out Earth's got superheroes, so... <laughs> yeah, Sorry, boss.
2: Our <laughs> <laughs> army of alien super soldiers and, you know, a demigod with a super weapon. Couldn't stand up to seven guys.
1: I mean, to be fair, one of them is also a demigod with a super weapon, so...
2: (laughs) (laughs) And another one's four.
1: Oh, but fun line, or at least I assume this is a nod to the comic book fans, which yeah, why wouldn't it be in this film? (laughs) Because what he actually says is something like Earth is defended to attack them is to court death, at which point Thanos has his his big smile. Big grin. Because, I'm fairly sure, at some point in the comic book series, Thanos' motivation was not, I read this book by Thomas Malthus and I've con- convinced myself that genocide is the answer. Instead it was, I will really want to have sex with Death. Yeah. Who is a person in this universe because comics are weird.
2: <laughs> she, she was the <laughs> literal goddess of death and he wanted to impress her and wipe out half of all life in the galaxy. Because... As a present. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how it works.
1: But that, I think, was a the motivation they decided to rewrite slightly before it went out to a, a
0: mainstream audience. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have lasted be the acquisition by Disney.
2: <laughs> what? Your big bad just wants to bang a god. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: we need to rewrite that. Oh, you've got to stop thinking with your
1: dick. I mean, to be fair, wanting to bang a god was a major appeal of the, some of the earlier films in this series. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this film. It was kind of weird and stupid,
0: but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as well. It's the pacing's really good. We haven't really spoken about any of that, but it kind of ebbs and flows with how up tempo it is, but it doesn't get doesn't drag, doesn't get boring at any point.
2: Yeah, you, your low points and your slow points are for dramatic effect just not just because it's poorly written and poorly executed. They're poignant moments.
1: I feel like this film was the origin of people referring to male action stars as Chris's. Or well, Evans and
0: Hemsworth. Yeah, because there's two of them in this one. <laughs> Have we gone far enough into this series to abandon the marks out of ten?
2: I- I'm giving it a solid eight and a half.
0: I just don't know where to give wiggle room. It may ne- we may need to really like baseline the marks out of ten. But yeah, eight and a half is it's probably about right. I'm going to decline to give a mark out of ten and just say I enjoy. I
1: think I liked Thor more than this one because Thor was so weird. <laughs> and there is a lot of weirdness in this but it's just it's starting to become a laundry list of weirdness as opposed to just one incredibly high and incredibly weird concept in the form of <laughs> Asgard exists also no Natalie Portman so doc 10 points for that
2: uh, she was mentioned though
1: She yeah her, her IMDb page is on someone's monitor at one point That's and they it. say we've decided that she's not in this film
2: yeah I think it's actually Coulson talking to Thor and just going yeah um, so we put her in a Research lab in Hawaii. It's
1: real nice. It She'll be fine.
0: What we did forget to do was go through your little spiel from the, uh, the note of the whole series. Oh,
1: what did, I can't remember that. That was uh, three years ago.
0: <laughs> Mace Windu forms a supergroup with Chill Batman, the literal god of thunder, and a cool guy named Steve. Party balance? What?
1: <laughs> the cool guy named Steve is not even the joke of the party anymore now that they've got a, a semi cool guy named Clint. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go and do his expense reports now.
2: <laughs> He's got some paperwork to do.
0: I mean, mostly for arrows. I mean, if it wasn't for copywriting, what I'd really like is if in fiction, like Tony just kept calling him Katniss.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Feels very true to the character, they would not have got clearance for it. He does refer
2: to him as Legolas.
0: I was going to say, someone calls him Legolas, is not he? When
2: he offers him a lift to get him up on top of a building, bunch up Legolas <laughs>
0: Hang on a minute! Oh yeah, grabs him by the scruff of the net like a like a cat does to a kitten, and then carries him to the top of the skyscraper.
2: I mean, maybe they got just one. <laughs> like, we can... one is fair use.
0: Oh,
1: Steve would not get that reference. Lord of the Rings came out in nineteen forty nine.
0: Yeah, I mean that's probably why they used that because Lord of the Rings is is it well, or is it public domain, or is it been held onto by the estate? Oh no, it definitely belongs to the estate, but I think that's
1: definitely within the fair use realm. It's probably not so much a legal question as potentially feeling dated because, I mean, even in Shrek there are things that you're like, oh yeah, I remember that.
2: Going back to Nathan's uh, predicted commentary, how do you feel about party balance now?
1: There's just so much going on at any particular moment (laughs) that the fact that one of them can summon thunder doesn't really seem to come up very much. (laughs) (laughs) I guess on another level, though, Thor does also have his own problems because he... Actually, is that the third teleportation method after Bifrost and the Tesseract portals? He just kind of steps into the quantum leap machine and disappears at the end.
2: They, yeah, they used the Tesseract to trigger the Bifrost.
1: Or I don't know, something like that, to take Loki to Space Hague.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd always thought that was the Bifrost coming to pick them up, but I can't remember the actual graphics at the moment. To know if it was the, the rainbow that picked him up And left the uh, the doodle on the floor I seem to remember it looks like it did in Thor But then I thought that had been destroyed with a massive
1: hammer Yeah,
2: I think they destroyed the hammer He needed some dark matter energy Expended in order to get him to Earth Without the bifrost But I think the Tesseract provided The power source for the bifrost Even though it was a bajillion light years away Because space magic Oh no, I've gone all cross-eyed <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's next? Is it Avengers 2? Electric Boogaloo. Evil computers? <laughs>
2: Avengers 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it's not. Oh, we've also failed to mention the uh, the director for this film as well. <gasps> Friend of the show, Joss Whedon. Yeah, for all his problems, the man knows how to make TV. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so Avengers Assemble closes off Phase 1 of the uh, MCU. Phase 2 kicks off with Iron Man 3. I was going to say, is Phase 1 all the introductions? But no, I guess there's at least a couple more characters to come. I don't really know why the phases are, because Phase 1 ends with Avengers Assemble, but Phase 2 doesn't end with Age of Ultron. Oh wait, come to think of it, there's a whole planet full of new characters coming. If not several. Ant-Man ends Phase 2. And Endgame is not the end of Phase 3. Spider-Man Far From Home is also in Phase 3. So I don't really understand their phases. Especially as phase one and two are both six films each, and then phase three is about twelve. Anyway, all of that aside, next week, Iron Man 3.
2: The PTSD episode.
1: As I remember it was uh, Iron Man 3, the political theatre for psychological
0: operations episode. (laughs) Iron Man must battle the Mandarin, a Chinese Muslim cyber-communist who turns out to have been invented by Roger Stone to boost Republican performance in the midterms. Played by Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Or Ben Kingsley, one of those two. They're pretty much interchangeable.
1: <laughs> they got some range. I don't know if anyone gets this because I think I'm feeling this is a reference to
0: like one particular week of Twitter outrage like a year ago. It it was. You did mention that when we were discussing these the first time around in episode one, so I think we think we're okay. I don't think the sort of nerds that listen to this will forget about Ghost in the Shell. That was it. <laughs> I was think it was it. The spirits within, probably not, and because Scarlett Johansson was probably like nine when that was made. I mean, it was also an animation, and not set in Japan. We can't even finish this one without going off on a tangent. I mean, as we've said before, the amount of time we spend talking about the film is inversely proportional to how good we thought the film was, so this one's been a doozy. Fun fact, a Marvel Universe Wiki
1: for German Old Man ends with relationships, allies, Captain America-savior, enemies, Loki-intimidator, and also Adolf Hitler. <laughs> footnote, not all outright
0: stated, so they just assume he doesn't like Hitler. Did they just assume his, well, not gender, but political bias? (laughs) It's not subtle. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding. ready? Yep. Nathan? <laughs> 3, 2, one. Hang on I thought that's what you wanted me to do man No just let me know that you were ready for me to start counting down <laughs> Okay, I'm ready Right I'm
1: also paying attention I've also drunk 1.1 units of alcohol so who knows what could happen now
0: Jesus, you're, you're fucking anyone's Right, you ready? I I just want to say no now. (laughs) Three, two, two, one, one. stop. stop.